0: Welcome to Leadership, the journey with no summit, with best-selling author and retired US Army Major General, Robert W. Mixon Jr. Best known for his ability to inspire audiences, motivate teams, build leaders, and create cultures of excellence, Robert shares effective values-based leadership strategies and tools your team can put into practice immediately that will fuel your company's lasting success. Now. Here is your host, Robert Mixon.
1: Well, welcome everyone to the Level 5 podcast series. Uh, today's episode is on our Journey with No Summit, is uh, focusing on the concept of trust. And we are privileged today to have Mr. Dave Pender, the uh, president of Cardinal Insulating Glass, as our guest. And uh, we want to get his thoughts on how he has learned and developed uh, a culture of trust uh, and, and taking, I think, a good com- from a good company to a great company. And I've been privileged to work with Cardinal IG now for uh, three or four years and Dave and his mm-hmm. leaders. And it's been uh, an honor and a privilege. And uh, Dave, your career, a distinguished career, involves both military and, and corporate service, a uh, graduate of West Point, and a leader who's who's been in tough situations and hard times and been very successful in doing that. So, Dave, uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Oh, thank you, Robert. It's a privilege to uh, be on with you today. Okay. I'd ask you first, Dave. First question is what's your most memorable experience where you felt trusted, and how did that affect you?
2: Yeah. If I could tell a quick story uh, to preface sure. my answer here, uh, <clears throat> I think it was 1973. Rog- Roger O'Shaughnessy's the CEO of our company, and uh, he had been the President for six years, and uh, he was look. He asked himself a few questions. Uh, one, the first one, what was the best company in the world? He was looking for a company uh, to model our company after, and General Motors was the um, considered the best company in the world in 1973. And then he asked why, and it was because they ran independent divisions. And for the six years that he ran Cardinal, he was he had the privilege of uh, of being able to operate it independently. And so he thought, how do I, yeah, the next question he asked was, how do I attract and retain intelligent, hardworking people? And his answer was independence. And so from our very beginning, um, he's believed that in order in order to be successful, he's got to give uh, leaders uh, the ability to, to run their businesses. And so when I was hired in 1986 by two people, Roger O'Shaughnessy and Renato Lizardo, they gave me the freedom to run my plant in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, They basically said, Dave, uh, build it, design it, build it, hire the people, run it, take care of your customers, take care of your people, call me if you have any questions. And so that was, they put great trust and responsibility in me to manage not only that project, but that business. And I would work 24 hours a day, seven days a week to never let those people down. And so, again, early on in my career, 22, almost 22 years ago, I was given that great responsibility to to, to manage a business for this organization. That's a wonderful story, Dave. Thanks. Uh, how do you translate
1: trust into empowerment? And yet still, in the words of President Reagan, trust but
2: verify. Yeah. <clears throat> the way I look at that, Robert, is you've got to have trust both up down, and to the sides as well. And I, what, what I mean by that is um, I have to believe that the people that uh, that are working in our, uh, for me are good, honest, effective, uh, worthy of trust. Basically, they have the, the competence and character uh, to have earned it. And I have to have those same characteristics, but I also have to... Um, my, the folks that work for, for, me have to believe that I love them and care for them. And then to the sides, we all have to be able to trust each other. Their peers need to be able to trust them. My peers need to be able to trust me. I think when you, when you have that, um, effect, um, one person, uh, this, uh, management theorist, Chester Barnard once called it uh, a zone of indifference, uh, evolves, and uh, what happens is people trust each other. They don't question orders. They don't question each other because that trust exists. And then you have this enduring cooperation. And uh, I think once you have that, um, at least in my organization, I'm able to verify. You know, uh, my peep, the folks that that work for me, my plant managers know that I care for them. They trust me. They know that I must keep my hand on the pulse. And I, I just want to know what's going on because I want to be involved in the business because I care. And I found that once all of that exists, it, it's, it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. You know, a leader of mine once told me you have to feed the elephant a peanut every once in a while and you won't get stepped on. And although that sounds extreme, it, it's just kind of a metaphor that says, hey, I, keep me informed. Uh, and, and everybody understands that and, and it works both ways. They keep me informed. I keep them informed and, uh, and the system works.
1: Yeah. I love it. I think the peanut theory is a great way to go. Uh, next question for you, Dave is, you know, what's, what's the biggest mistake you've made where you either trusted too much or not enough?
2: And what did you learn from it? Early on, uh, I took over this as president of, Cardinal Ig Company in uh, at the end of 2011. I had, I had a few very experienced leaders, and I think what I did, Robert, was I trusted too much, um, and I didn't trust but verify. Um, I think sometimes uh, a a failure occurs in an organization when when they're given folks are given leaders are given the freedom to run their businesses and um, the ego takes over. Uh, there was a a doctor named Stephen Burgless at Harvard uh, Medical School, I think back in the 80s, and he did a study of very successful people um, over the course of 10 years. And what he found was that highly successful people slowly fall apart uh, when they achieve certain levels of success. And uh, they basically have a lack of character um, to handle the stressors of success. And so Um, I, I take responsibility for the failure of those leaders. And the lesson that I learned really was that everybody must communicate. I must keep the hand on the pulse of the organization. I have to know what's going on and we have to, to talk about moral and ethical issues at every opportunity. So it stays right in the front of our minds. Um, and so again, I, Trust but verify is is a very important part of of, of, uh,
1: uh, being a leader. So in your initial engagement with a new leader coming on your team, um, how do you define that trust but verify
2: framework that you're planning to operate in? Um, I I think if what I've done is I get it right out on the table. They understand that, you know, um, that I'm going to trust them and, and I have a great team right now. I have total trust in, in all the leaders in our organization. But, but they understand. They know that's their responsibility. Their responsibility is to keep me informed. My responsibility is to keep my leader informed. And I have no problem whatsoever. I have nothing to hide. Uh, if, my, if Roger O'Shaughnessy, my leader, asks me questions about my organization, and my leaders, I believe, have no problem at all uh, with any questions that that I have about their organizations, now it goes back to uh, that mutual trust. if you if you don't have it it's not and and your folks truly don't believe that you trust them and and vice versa, it's not going to work. And so again, once you have it, it works beautifully.
1: yeah, there's an old saying that I've <clears throat> learned over and over or relearned that you know bad news never gets better with time. But I think part of that trust model you're talking about is the ability to handle bad
2: news. Is is that true? Absolutely. Yeah, certainly. Bad news doesn't get better better with time. And uh, yeah, I think my folks. I'll give you an example. Every uh, every time a uh, an employee has a OSHA recordable injury, my plant managers are uh, required to to call me, no matter what time it is, day or night. And why is that? It's not because I don't trust them, it's because I care. And the analogy is if um, if I'm out to dinner and I have a, a babysitter over at my house and one of my children get hurt, I would expect them to call me and keep me informed and let me know that somebody got hurt and not simply tell me once I got back from where, I, where we were. And, and oh, by the way, your son David uh, fell and got stitches. Uh, I didn't want to bother you um and it's the same thing you know i I love all of my employees uh i just want to know when they get injured and so that's an example of sometimes my my plant managers will call me and and they'll preface the phone call with nobody got hurt you know and uh and say oh great but i think they feel very comfortable um well nobody likes to deliver bad news but i think they, they, they uh feel comfortable uh, in doing that, because they know I, I I trust them and they're doing the right thing.
1: Yeah, and and how you react to the bad news is an important part of that trust model too, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've all been around men and women who you know just went ballistic whenever anything bad was transmitted, and uh, you know it goes back to another lesson. Uh, you know, if you don't want to hear any bad news, you won't. And I've been around people who didn't want to hear any bad news, and I'm sure right. you have too, right?
2: Believe me, I've, I've had to deliver a lot of bad news, my, both in my military and civilian career. And you're absolutely right. And I've been very fortunate to have outstanding leaders um, who who reacted in a very respectful and uh, kind kind way. So I, I learned from them.
1: All righty. I mean, you mentioned Roger. And, of course, I think uh, for, for those who don't know Roger O'Shaughnessy or of him, he certainly is one of the most respected leaders I've ever heard of or known of in my career uh, and his role at Cardinal. Do you have other role models who uh, have typified trusting leaders? And if so, who are they and and why
2: do you respect them? Yes, uh, probably too few, I mean, too many to mention, (laughs) yeah. Um, But uh, one of the others is Renato Lazardo. Renato uh, came to the United States back in 1971 from the Philippines and uh, He actually is the one that hired me in 1998. Roger gave Renato the responsibility to build a factory in Fargo, North Dakota to service uh, one of our largest customers and to find a plant manager to to run that operation. And so Renato was the, the one who actually found me and hired me and he learned from Roger how to lead and in a trusting environment and he led me in a, in a terrific way, exactly the same way as, as Roger O'Shaughnessy has led this organization. And then you know, probably three years into, uh, into that job, I then began to report to, to Roger. Um, but both of those guys uh, are right at the top of, uh, of the of role models that, that I want to emulate and have emulated over the years. But I also had a couple in the Army. Uh, I had a battalion commander named uh, Jack Carter. Who uh, was a great role model, uh, trusted his subordinate uh, company commanders to do their jobs, and uh, he was a wonderful leader that, again, I learned a tremendous amount from. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Dave.
1: What advice would you give uh, aspiring executive leaders in creating
2: a culture of trust in their teams and organizations? Sure. Um, I kind of wrote down four easy steps. Good. Robert, uh, you got, first. You have to hire the right people. You know, those that you can trust, um, who have the propensity to internalize your core values. And of course, they're not gonna have them all, but if, if they have the propensity to internalize, to, to learn them, internalize them, those are the people that we're looking for. So first and foremost, we gotta hire the right people. Not necessarily the best people, as Herb Brooks would say, <laughs> but, uh, but the right people. Second, we've gotta, as leaders, provide the guidance. Um, them in the form of uh, the company's vision, the company's mission, leaders' intent, values, culture. So, so I've got the right people. I'm giving them the guidance. Now I'm empowering them to run their business. I give them that entrepreneurial freedom um, to do it. And then step four would be I've got to communicate. I've got to keep my hand on the pulse always. Why? Because I care. Because we as leaders care. It's not that we don't trust. It's because we care. And if our subordinate leaders understand that we're keeping our hand on the pulse, we're verifying because we truly care about them, about their success, and about the success of the organization, then it works. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So for aspiring leaders who want to be like Dave Pinder someday, um, that empowering leadership. Would you say that 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 takes a lot of diligence on your part to keep uh, to know what you need to know and yet still give them the freedom of
2: of action that uh, that you think they deserve? I think once you have it established, Robert, it's easy. Um, It's not like I have to work on it continually. Once once you have that trust established and people understand the expectations mm-hmm. um, it just works it's 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 beautiful it's a beautiful system that works so well but again you've got to have the right people they gotta they've got to understand what the expectations are you have to give them the guidance you empower them and then you keep your hand on the pulse and it works well you certainly have a great organization
1: Dave I've had the privilege of, of going out to all your plants and and meeting with the leadership teams out there, the plant managers and, and the leaders throughout the ranks. And uh, you've instituted a wonderful program called Bedrock for the frontline leaders to help them understand what right looks like across the organization. And you know, in a company the size of, of Cardinal IG, there's what, more than 3,000 employees out there every day, uh, working hard and, and trying to do the right thing. Uh, I think your investment in their understanding of what right looks like as leaders has been really one of the most remarkable um, opportunities I've had in my career. So I want to say that and congratulate you on having done so much wonderful work to, you know, create a, a culture where people do, I think, feel trusted. And, you know, it has to permeate throughout the ranks. It's hard when you're at 30,000 feet sometimes to know that it's permeated throughout the organization. But I think you've got some mechanisms in place that do that. And uh, it's important, I think, for a leader, no matter how large your organization is, to maintain, as you said, an idea a feeling for the pulse of the organization and the health of the leadership team as they learn and grow. Because I don't think, in my experience, any of us you know, that have ever been to the
2: summit, we're always on a journey as leaders. Do you agree with that? I totally agree, Robert. And you know, I've got to thank you. Um, it's interesting how things happen in your life. And for those that don't know, you were a military art professor of mine back in 1984 at West Point, <laughs> and uh, and we served together after Desert Storm uh, with the Third Armored Cavalry Regiment when you were the Second Squadron Commander there, and uh, and we went to the National Training Center, and then really that was probably what, 1991, and then we didn't reconnect until. 2014 or 15 15 or 15, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) But it it happened for a reason. And as I look at our leadership journey as a, as a company, um, if I was writing the history of it, I would say that that reconnection of us and level five um, has been instrumental in taking us to the next level of leadership and really next level of trust within the organization. Um, well, thanks, Dave. So I, I truly appreciate it, Robert. Thank you. Any? Do you have anything
1: else you'd like to share with our audience here, Dave, about your your leadership journey? Um, advice to others? Okay. Uh, or think, think, thoughts in general.
2: Yeah, I think as you said, it's a it's a it's a never ending journey, and we could always learn, um, and we have to learn from those mistakes. And and I've made a lot. Um, and ensure that we do all that we can not to have those uh repeat themselves but again uh it's a fantastic feeling to to have to work with a group of people that uh, trust each other and uh work so well together and when you can truly enjoy um what you do every day um it's, it's it's really not a job anymore it's 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 just a pleasure doing what i do so um, thank you for having me today. It was, it was a pleasure participating in, in this. Well, thanks for sharing your
1: thoughts with us, Dave, and I wish you continued success in leading again, what I consider to be a great company, uh, in, in Cardinal IG. Uh, and I would tell our listeners that, uh, you know, thanks to Dave. And as we go forward in our journey, we've got uh, several more senior leaders of different type companies and organizations that we'll uh, be interviewing on our level five podcast series so please join us each time i think these uh, these leaders will have and do have the ability to share some of their thoughts and experiences it will help us all grow on our on our journey and i wish you all well and enjoy your journey
0: thank you for listening to leadership the journey with no summit Visit us at level5associates.com, where you can subscribe to this show, find show notes, and download a free copy of the first chapter of Robert's latest book, We're All In.